welcome to the Fired Up Pro Wrestling Podcast, part of the Fired Up Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Dan Soden, and this is episode 11. 11 is a number near and dear to my heart. Uh, For my 11th birthday, my grandmother gave me uh, two single dollar bills and said when you hold them together, it makes the number 11. Uh, That's a moment that will forever be ingrained in my mind. Hopefully this 11th episode is better than my 11th birthday. And with uh, that little piece into my world, uh, let's get into the news. And as always, I don't want to forget this, the news portion of the podcast would not be anything without the DailySmart.com, my personal one-stop shop for all wrestling news. Rich over there really puts in some serious hours to make sure not only is the site working great, but also the app. So make sure to go download the app and follow them on Twitter at the Daily Smart. Uh, so not too much in news this week. Uh, Kira Hogan made her AEW debut on Wednesday. Uh, she faced off against Sheeta, uh, and this uh, this will air August sixteenth on AEW Dark Elevation. Uh, Hogan most recently was uh, Knockouts Tag Team Champion over in Impact, um, and she left the company not that long ago to. Uh, branch out and it looks like AEW might be her landing spot speaking of landing spots uh, we have a couple names that were released from uh, WWE NXT this past Friday Uh, it came out as a surprise to many people Um, of course when a company starts you know collecting talent like they were uh, releases are bound to happen a lot of people on the internet have uh, speculated this is the end of NXT and I think USA has a lot to say against that. But the names are Arlie Sterling, Asher Hall, Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Giant Zahir, Jake Atlas, Keona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Mercedes Martinez, uh, Stephen Smith, he was a ref, Tyler Rust, Desmond Troy, and Zachary Smith, who was just a PC guy. He was a former uh, Washington Generals basketball player. Those are the rivals of the Globetrotters, for those that don't know. Uh, most of these names will probably land on their feet in the independents. Uh, Sterling, Hall, Reed, uh, Atlas, Martinez, Ruff, uh, Rust will probably all land on their feet. The rest of the cast, I'm not sure what uh, the future holds for them. I know Bobby Fish is probably looking at a retirement village somewhere in Florida. But, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much all the news for the week. Um We'll get into the show format in just a little bit, but first, a, uh, a little break. And we are back with the worst show of the week, a.k.a. Monday Night Raw. Uh, things open with Randy Orton. He kind of gives the crowd a little... Uh, Little, I love you guys and missed you by saying I missed you, sons of bitches. Uh, before he can say anything serious, Matt Riddle comes out. Uh, they go back and forth. An RK Pro chant breaks out. Randy's basically telling uh, Riddle to get lost. Riddle uh, goes all the way from telling him about how his stepdad left to uh, doing a little kid bit, just trying to really force Randy to do something he doesn't want to do. And that just doesn't seem like Matt Riddle to me. Uh, AJ Styles and almost come out, and Styles eventually challenges Orton to a match tonight. Uh, Orton then goes for an RKO on Styles, and Styles escapes it. Orton tries it on almost, and he gets pushed off. Riddle then tries it on almost, and almost choke slams Riddle back down to earth. 
Uh, we get a Baron Corbin promo. Um, he's on Raw because he needs the money, looking even worse than he did on SmackDown. Jinder is paying him to face Drew and win. Uh, we then get a Drew promo about this match with Corbin. Talks about Corbin robbing a homeless man for money and a dog. Uh, says the sword is named after his late mother, Angela. These stories from Drew McIntyre are getting more and more absurd by the week. And I'm starting to really love the absurdness of said promos. Uh, so we get Corbin versus McIntyre. Uh, Jinder and crew are in the back watching. Drew goes for a claymore, but Corbin pleads with him. Uh, Drew gets on the mic and says he is pathetic, but he feels bad for him. Corbin asks for $100,000, and Drew laughs in his face. Uh, on the mic, Drew, Drew does do the Claymore and Countdown, which I thought was really cool. I like that touch. Uh, it was a solid match overall. Jinder and his crew come out after the match, but uh, McIntyre pulls out Angela, and they back off. Uh, we get another Matt Riddle and Randy Orton promo in the back. Um, Riddle asked to be in Randy's corner tonight, and Randy says, Buzz off, kid. I don't have time for you, and then says, Don't call me bro. It was a really touching moment between the two. Uh, we get the rematch. That we've all been waiting for. Jeff Hardy versus Karrion Cross. Uh, before the match starts, we get a cross promo. Uh, overall, the match was 50-50 as far as offense goes. Jeff Hardy doing a regular-ass splash from the top rope was really weird. Um, I'm assuming that he's he's not back to normal just yet. Uh, the kickout, though, on Cross's point uh, part was a lot weirder than the splash. It was very limp. But then again, I feel like that's uh, Cross's style. Following that like segment in the match, it just from there it just got really sluggish. Uh, Cross eventually picked up the win with like a very like, man, not to do sleeper. Uh, Cross eventually comes back after the match is over and attacks Jeff again, putting him in a sleeper. And it just, it really just looked like he didn't want to be there. Uh, we get another riddle promo about Randy not wanting the team with him. Uh, the overkill is officially started. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Dewdrop. Uh, unfortunately, during this, we get a We Want Wyatt chant, which is probably going to be expected from most of Alexa Bliss's matches going forward, uh, for at least for some time. Alexa uh, keeps landing in some cool, awkward, creepy positions. I really like what she is doing with the character, as childish and as goofy as it may be. Uh, Bliss goes after Eva, and uh, Dewdrop sneaks her on the outside. Uh, you know, things are going as expected, and then... Uh, Lily, perched up in the corner, winks at Dewdrop, uh, causing the distraction, and Alexa picks up the roll-up win, which was fucking hysterical. I know a lot of people are like, what is this shit? But this Lily stuff is hysterical. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, we get a Miz and Morrison promo complaining about Damian Priest, and I would be complaining about Damian Priest too if we were six months in and he continued to beat my ass. Uh, Sheamus comes in and complains about Morrison costing him the match last week, and Sheamus threatens Morrison. Um, maybe we'll see that after the Damian Priest uh, run is over with Sheamus. Uh, we get Sheamus versus Ricochet. Uh, we get Ricochet's now patent crossbody from the top rope. Uh, this time he's going uh, at Sheamus, and they land over the announce table. Uh, there's a wonky Hurricane Rana in there, and just... Uh, an Asai Moonsault that looked really nice. Um, Ricochet uh, hits his head on the mask and is out of it. A bro kick for the win finishes up. It was a solid TV match. Eventually, Damian Priest comes out uh, following the match and has a face-to-face -face with Sheamus. Uh, Sheamus goes to leave and then tries to sneak Priest, but he gets tossed out of the ring 
for trying. Uh, this leads to Damian Priest versus John Morrison. Morrison looks good to start, but it's quickly become, uh, but it quickly becomes Damian's uh, time. He looks great. Of course, we get the uh, the drip sticks. Miz squirts Priest, but he still hits his finisher. After the match, we see Miz uh, kind of stand up out of the wheelchair and run away from Damian Priest. Priest jumps up on the mic. Sheamus comes back out. Priest challenges Sheamus to a match at SummerSlam. Priest hits Morrison with a bro kick as he tries to sneak him. And the match is set for SummerSlam. Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the United States title. Uh, we get Ma- Mansoor and Ali promo. Mansoor got Ali a jacket to make up for last week, which I thought was very sweet of him. What a guy. Um, we get Ali versus T-Bar. Uh, T-Bar is beating the brakes off Ali for most of the match. T-Bar goes for a pin, and Mansoor points to the ref that the foot is on the rope. Mace takes out Mansoor, yelling, snitches get stitches, which I was laughing about. Uh, Ali starts to uh, mount a slight comeback with an amazing Tornado DDT, but uh, T-Bar takes the match back and wins. Mace and T-Bar go for a double choke slam, but Mansoor makes the save. Overall, it was a solid match. I like what they're doing with these two tag teams. Um, hopefully, they keep it up and we get some, you know, some fun uh, raw matches out of it. Uh, we get Reggie at a fo- photo shoot. Uh, Tazawa and our truth attack him, um, dressed up like a janitor and a delivery man. Um, our truth yells he's on Xbox Xbox mode, which I uh, I chuckled at. Uh, Reggie just does his several flips to get away. It's, you know, fun. Uh, we get a Styles and Almost promo that was, you know, fine. Uh, MVP and Bobby Lashley promo and Ring building up the Goldberg match. It's going to be there. Uh, Rhea Ripley promo about uh, Nikki A.S.H. And then a Nikki A.S.H. promo about Rhea Ripley. You know where this is going. The match is set up. Uh, Rhea's up early. Nikki mounts a comeback. Uh, rinse and repeat. Nikki counters the riptide. Nikki stops Rhea's superplex and goes to hit flying crossbody. But in comes Charlotte Flair, who attacks both women. Uh, Charlotte then cuts a promo afterwards, saying why she attacked them, even though we all know why she did attack them. We get the most interesting vignette of the night. It's Elias uh, kind of, you know, changing character, it seems. He throws his guitar into a fire and says Elias is dead. I'm curious where they take this. Personally, I would love to see if he brought the Bonesaw character from Spider-Man 1 that Macho Man played to life. Um, that would be an interesting one. Just yelling Bonesaw at everybody. It would be, be fun. I mean, I, I don't know what else they're going to do with him. Uh, we get an Orton promo about him working better alone, which we've all seen in the past. Uh, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles was a pretty uh, solid match. Um... Almost uh, is outside causing distractions. Um, Riddle comes out to handle Almost, and Style goes for a fi- phenomenal forearm, and Orton hits the RKO for the win. Uh, Riddle is celebrating, think- thinking he made things good. Riddle forces Orton into a hug because, of course, Matt Riddle's forcing someone into something they don't want to do. Uh, and the show ends with Orton hitting an RKO on Riddle and smiling. Uh, when we return, we will be talking about the second worst show of the week okay we're back with the second worst show of the week and unfortunately nxt continues its run of meteorocracy uh the other two shows were just 
better by nature. Uh, we start things off with Dakota Kai versus Ray. Dakota Kai is replacing Ember Moon, who wasn't medically cleared prior to the show to wrestle Saray. Uh, Kai cuts a promo before the match. Um, you know, standard stuff here. Saray is pretty hard hitting. I love the bridges. Um, I feel like she, she does have a pretty good future in NXT. Um, we get a picture in picture during the match of Raquel showing up to the CWC and her making her way inside. Uh, it's a pretty long walkway from the parking lot to the ring because um, the whole ass half of the match still continues. Uh, Dakota Kai eventually does pick up the win. Um, like I said earlier, Saray looked good. Uh, Raquel makes the run in and demands, you know, Dakota Kai's head. Uh, we get our first of many Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell segments. This is Indy getting ready for the date with Candace and Johnny, um, you know, being parents. Uh, Dexter shows up. Uh, these these segments are not the Cameron Grimes LA Knight segments. They're just not. They're just not hitting. I don't know if I'm just not the target audience for this, but it's just it's boring and pointless to me. Uh, we get a hit row segment around the fire. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I like where they're going with this uh, feud with uh, Santos and them. Uh, we get a Dragunov promo. Uh, it's nice to introduce him to the crowd. I know a lot of people... Um, we'll, we'll get to that point, actually. Uh, Pete Dunn eventually interrupts him, and they set up a match for later on in the show. Uh, we get an LA Knight Cameron Grimes promo. You know, solid. Uh, LA Knight's got a match coming up, and you know, just the same old same. Uh, LA Knight versus Andre Chase. Shocked that he's still around. It's a quick squash match here. LA Knight, you know, doing his best rock uh, impression with all the promo and stuff. Uh, eventually, Ted DiBiase comes out. Uh, and, um, yeah, he, he kind of forgets his words, it seems like. Uh, stumbles a little bit over the promo. But eventually, the second half of it, things get figured out. And it's announced that it'll be Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight 3. Uh, if Knight wins, DiBiase will be the butler. And if Grimes wins, he gets the belt. At TakeOver, of course. Uh, the other two matches that these guys have had were pretty good, so I'm assuming that this one will also be pretty well done. Uh, we get a Gigi Dolan promo. Um, her cutting roses. I'm assuming it has to do with Mandy Rose and that little team that's forming. Um, when we come back, it's Gigi with JC Jane versus Amari Miller. Dolan wins. Um, just beating the shit out of Miller, basically, the whole match. Uh, she looked good. Uh, eventually, they pop up a tweet from Mandy Rose about how good she did later on in the show. Uh, overall, you know, solid two squash matches back-to-back. -back. You know, you don't really expect that many squash matches in an NXT show, but here we are. Uh, we get our second of um, three uh, Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell segments, this one even worse than the last one. And that this takes us into Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, so it's going to be three stages of hell at TakeOver. Kyle O'Reilly gets to pick stage one. Cole gets to pick stage two. And William Regal is going to pick a stage three if need be. Kyle O'Reilly, being the boring-ass guy that he is, picks a normal match because he feels like nothing will get under Adam Cole's skin more. Blah. Adam Cole picks a street fight. And then... Uh, Eventually, Kyle Riley and Adam Cole go at each other, and the uh, the security there tears them apart. And Regal yells that the third match will be a steel cage match. Uh, it's, these are three like you could have picked these matches out of a hat, and it would have been right. Um, nothing out of the norm there. Uh, we get a uh, Thatcher and Ciampa promo. Uh, it's going to be Holland versus Timothy Thatcher next week. 
Uh, we get an Imperium promo that's interrupted by MSK. Um, and it's going to be MSK and Imperium at TakeOver for the tag belts. Uh, we get Odyssey Jones versus Trey Baxter in the breakout tournament. Jones tosses uh, Budget Murphy around for a bit and finally uh, picks up the win. There was not much at all to this match. Uh, Post-match, we get an interview from Odyssey Jones. And he seems, you know, he's, he's a lot of fun, this guy. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him, uh, seeing him, you know, outside of the breakout tournament. Uh Regal announces Imperium and MSK tag title match, and Kushida and Strong Cruiserweight title match are happening. Uh, Boa versus Drake Maverick. Um, Boa picks up the win with an assist from Mia Lin. Uh, missed, you know, shh, of course. Um, once again, three squash matches on an NXT show is a lot. And we follow up a squash match with Indy and Dexter Part 3. And uh, Indy, our little Aussie, is a freak. And uh, that's the highlight of those three segments. Is her just licking whipped cream off of uh, Dexter's face. Yeah. And we get Pete Dunne versus Dragunov. Uh, this is just a battle. Just just a pure battle. These two are just beating the shit out of each other. Uh, Pete Dunne picks up the win, which was kind of interesting. Uh, following a Walter distraction. Uh, Walter then gets in the ring and those two fight off. Uh, him and Dragunov fight each other off to end NXT. And it was just a lackluster, like I said, uh, just a lackluster show. Too many squash matches for the work rate show, if you will. Uh, when we return, it'll be, will it be SmackDown or will it be Dynamite? back and i think the second best show of the week is going to come as a surprise because it had a lot of fanfare online but i had a lot of just a lot of just uh disgust with this dynamite show uh things start off with an mjf wardlow promo i don't know why they started the show off with this to begin with it just felt odd it felt like something that could have came on after the first match uh, it was a backstage promo, and it just, I don't know, it did nothing for me. Uh, we get the Elite, um, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega versus Dante Martin and the Seidel Brothers. <sighs> I Rick Knox hurts my brain. Everything this man does in this ring, and I get it's a character, and I get Bully Ray has called them out countless times. I feel like Tony Khan is now just looking at Bully Ray with his middle fingers up saying, fuck you bully ray because i'm gonna do the exact opposite of your critique i'm gonna turn the referees little things their little little tangibles and i'm gonna turn them all the way up and i'm just gonna hurt everyone's brains watching watching the match um there's just several times especially rick knox several times throughout the match that he just it just doesn't make sense what he's doing in the match it just doesn't um he does seem old, so maybe he's senile. I don't know. Uh, things I did like about the match, Dante Martin looked like a million bucks. The rocket launch dive that they had him do was was awesome. I mean, it wasn't just me. It felt like bored. I, I, I do know later on in the show why they mentioned this, but with Tony Schiavone and JR just start talking about Tony's family mid-match, I was like, so it's not just me. But I guess later on it was as a little bit of a storyline purpose, so I will give him that. Um like I said, Knox just letting all, all of the elite guys just do whatever the, the hell they want. It just, 
it gets to the point where you're just like, what is going on here? Why even have a ref? I don't, I don't know what the purpose of him is. And I like, there's a point where like Dante Martin and Seidel were just not even trying to get in the ring as it's three on one. And like Knox is not even, even close to stopping them. So it was just, I don't know. My brain hurt. Um, like I said, Dante Martin looked like a million bucks. Seidel is clearly, Matt Seidel's uh, clearly having a hell of a run. Mike Seidel, too. Um, the elite V-trigger for the win. Um, Don Callis then gets on the mic. Christian interrupts. Jurassic Express comes out with Christian as their backup. Of course, while Callis is on the mic, we start getting these CM Punk chants because why wouldn't we at this point? They've teased the man enough. Uh, Christian, um, I do have to give credit to Christian. He knows how to get the crowd back into it. Um, his line about calling uh, Callus a carny piece of shit was wonderful. Um, so we're going to get Christian versus Kenny Omega for the Impact title on the first Rampage. Um, Jungle Boy gets on the mic and says Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express for the tag team titles next week on Dynamite. Clearly they're setting up some shenanigans. With Christian, my my guess is he wins the Impact title, and then the Elite just utterly obliterate ah, him, obliterate him, obliterate him, um, and then uh, you know maybe someone named Phil, the following Rampage comes in and says, "Hey, I heard you're free." I don't know. That's what it seems like, especially because Hangman Page is allegedly taking time off to be with his uh, his wife as she gives birth to their first child. Uh, we get a Malachi Black promo uh, and then a Rusev promo. Uh, both promos were solid. Uh, no complaints here. My only complaint with Rusev is, can we finally get this guy a real opponent? He'll be facing uh, Sammy Guevara's little vlog buddy on uh, Rampage. Um, Daniel Garcia with 2.0. Uh, they cut a little promo, and then we get Daniel Garcia with 2.0 versus Darby with Sting. Uh, this was the honestly the best match of the week. I really like Daniel Garcia. I still do need to check out the Garcia versus Yuta match uh, on IWTV. Um, 2.0 attacked Darby after the match. Um, Sting makes the save, and then it's just shenanigans. It's kind of funny to see 2.0 go from barely getting on the NXT show to being kind of thrusted into this program with uh, Sting and Darby Allin. Um, we get a death triangle promo. Pac basically tells Lucha Bros to focus on the tag team titles, which I'm excited about, while um, Pac kind of sets the challenge for uh, Andrade. Uh, we get best friends versus the Hardy family. Um, Hardy front office. Uh, it's going to be Hardy and private party. Uh, during this match, Nyla Rose runs down and bulldozes Statlander, who is at ringside with the best friends. Uh, Tony Shavani utters something that I feel every time watching Dynamite. Just too many people here. Too many people out there. It's just too many people. I wish they just maybe a one-on-one -on -one match where there wasn't some kind of chaos or people at ringside. I, I don't think there's a true singles competitor in Dynamite, and it just blows my mind. Uh, eventually, Matt Hardy gets the win over Utah. Uh, they announce Andrade versus Pac at All Out, uh, and then we get Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. This match is... It's a solid win for Chris, uh, who seems to be building up to uh, kind of challenge Britt Baker at some point. But overall, this match, Nyla Rose... Does nothing for me in the ring. Uh, Young Buck promo where they got a little basketball set up still. Uh, Jurassic uh, Express interferes. 
Uh, no marker stunt with these guys, even backstage, which is interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what he's up to. Uh, we get a red velvet package uh, before they bring Britt Baker out for the hometown pop. Uh, Britsburg, just right on the nose with that one. And I, you know, I like it. Uh, I guess we're moving red velvet over to kind of a heel for this, uh, this match, uh, due to it being in, uh, Britsburg, if you will. Uh, she comes out and attacks, uh, Britt Baker, and the crowd goes crazy. Britt gets the upper hand, and, uh, on Dynamite, um, not Dynamite, on Rampage, they will settle the score. Uh, we get a Ricky Starks and Brian Cage, like, intertwined promo. I like that. That was kind of different. It was nice. Uh, and then we get Dark Order versus Good Brothers. Uh, unfortunately, we have Scott Demore on commentary, which is, uh, I don't know what we deserve as fans to have that. But then again, we are sitting through a Good Brothers match, so maybe we do deserve it. Uh, Stu dives onto the Good Brothers as they're making their entrance. Uh, the highlight of the match, Cole Cabana just absolutely nails Coulter in the face with a fist, and it was a thing of beauty. Uh, Frankie Kazarian finally gets his, his elite body. He drags away Brandon Cutler who I guess is technically an elite member. And, uh, you know, he finally earns that elite hunter title, I guess. Um, hey, if a hunter runs over a deer, he's still got the deer. Am I right? Uh, so, where do we go? Um, I mean, Dark Order looks great out here. Uh, Good Brothers eventually pick up the win with their bag of dirty tricks. But, I mean, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, or Uno, whatever you want to call him if you're friends with them, Uno, uh, would be absolutely amazing in impact, but then again, these guys don't deserve that kind of purgatory. Uh, we get a Camille promo about Layla Hirsch. Uh, I'm not sure why we didn't get a Layla Hirsch promo about Camille, but, you know, here we are. Gotta pull down that forbidden door and let everybody in. And here, here comes the most hilarious moment. I was crackling during most of this segment, but especially at the end. QT Marshall... And his crew, Solo and uh, Nick Comorado, uh, are out there to issue the apology with Tony Schiavone. But then again, it's not going to be uh, QT apologizing. It's going to be Tony. I'm already laughing at, at this. Uh, they eventually bring in Tony's son, who they mentioned earlier in the show. And um, they they beat him up. But like not like beat him up. They like give him a punch to the gut. And Tony's like, you know, freaking out. Because his grown son is uh, getting punched. And then they punch him again. And uh, he gets uh, he gets hit with a diamond cutter from uh, QT Marshall. And uh, eventually uh, we hear well from the Big Show's music, or Paul Wright, if you will, now. And uh, I was honestly on the floor laughing at this part as Big Show. As these guys are already beat up this man. Slowly... But surely makes his way down to the ring, just like a leisure stroll, like you're in the park with your your wife after 30 years of being married, and it's a Sunday fall Sunday, and you're just watching the leaves, just strolling down to the ring, taking off his uh very fancy watch as they like to tell us, and uh, he just uh he gets in there and then he choke slams Aaron Solo, and uh, I feel like those guys were already out of the ring for the most part at this point, and uh, it was over with. But hey. Good on you, Big Show, for finally getting physical in AEW. I guess that's the headline that they wanted. Uh, and we end things with the fourth um, match in Jericho's quest to face MGF. It's Wardlow with MGF at ringside. Uh, Wardlow 
uh, kicked out of a codebreaker at one, which uh, I guess that really builds up Wardlow at this point. Um, whole lot of power bombs. Whole lot of power bombs. If you like power bombs and you want to see a lot of power bombs, go watch this match. Uh, Jericho uh, gets Wardlow in the walls. MJF hits Chris in the face. Um, eventually, he goes to sneak the ring in to Wardlow, and Aubrey throws him out. I thought the whole point of this match was that MJF couldn't be thrown out of ringside, but some things just don't make sense. Uh, and then um, Jericho hits Wardlow with uh, the bat, whatever they named it, stupid, and then uh, Juice Effect for the win. In post-match, uh, Sean Spears attacks Jericho. Uh, Sammy uh, Guevara makes the save, but then Wardlow takes care of Sammy. It's 3 on 2 Eventually, Jake Hager runs out. I don't know why any of these guys weren't out there right away, but here we are. And uh, they run off the pinnacle. And then uh, next week's stipulation. Hear me out. This might be the best stipulation yet. It just really gets Jericho down and out. MJF says, no theme music. Are we supposed to be booing MJF for this? Because I started cheering the man. And then no Judas effect. So Jericho can't finish the match with the Judas effect. Only one of his other 15 other finishing moves. Uh, this whole... I don't even know why they went in the way that they went with this whole thing. Why weren't there any handicap matches? Why weren't there any, like, tie your arm behind your back matches? None of that. It was just Wardlow with me at ringside. Anyway, uh, when we return, SmackDown, where things somewhat make sense. And we are back with the final show of the week, SmackDown. Uh, as always, before we finish things up, don't forget to follow um, not only myself, at Daniel Soden on Twitter, uh, but follow the uh, the podcast, at 3SecTan. Um, and don't forget to follow Fired Up Podcast, uh, at Fired Up Podcast. Make sure the S is there, because if there's no S... You go down a rabbit hole. Uh, things start off with Sasha Banks as she opens up SmackDown. She explains why she attacked Bianca. Uh, of course, Bianca interrupts and makes her way to the ring. Uh, this leads Sasha to roll out of the ring. Uh, she jumps up on the announce table, and they go back and forth until uh, uh, Bianca finally lays the challenge out for Sma uh, SummerSlam. This, of course, brings out Zelina Vega. Because if there's someone that hasn't won a single match that deserves a title match, it's Zelina Vega. Uh, she makes her way out. Uh, she calls uh, Sasha a ratchet little vulture, which uh, got a chuckle out of me. Uh, Bianca tells Sasha she'll uh, see her at SummerSlam and Zelina Vega tonight for the title. So not only do we get one title match, we get two. Maybe. Uh, we get a promo from the Mysterios. Uh, Dominic challenged Jey Uso tonight, even though they had the tag title match at SummerSlam versus the Usos. Rey Mysterio is not too happy with his son and his, uh, you know, one-upsmanship here. Uh, Jey versus Dominic then follows. Uh, Pat McAfee has been slowly calling out Dominic's mistakes. I don't know if this is a thing that they want to do, if this is building to a storyline, which it kind of seems like it might be. But, uh... Him calling out his mistakes kind of gets a laugh out of me. Also, shout out to Pat McAfee, who's just been absolutely killing it on SmackDown. Uh, Dominic gets distracted by Ray going after Jimmy. Uh, Jay picks up the win via the Uso Splash. We get an uh, 
Edge backstage promo, basically him telling us he's going to go to the ring and tell us what he could have told us backstage. Uh, we get Nakamura versus Apollo Crews in a contenders match. Uh, I don't want to sound like an old guy here, but back in my day, the champion wasn't in a contenders match. But here we are. Uh, of course, Boogs plays out uh, Nakamura. Um, and uh, it's a short match because uh, General Aziz interrupts uh, and attacks Nakamura, and the match ends in DQ. So I'm not sure if Nakamura now has a title shot for the uh, Intercontinental title, or he doesn't. Uh, I'm imagining we get a tag, a tag match next week, and we get to see Boogs in action for the first time. It just seems how it's uh, blowing out of my eyes. Uh, Kayla and Paul Heyman have a little backstage interview about uh, Cena stealing the contract. Um, At the end of it, Heyman bumps into a laughing Big E with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, I guess this is a way we can get him on the show. It works. Uh, We get Tegan Knox versus Tamina. Uh, Tamina gets the job or entrance. Tegan Knox gets her full name back. I think it's a win-win. Tamina almost gets hit by a tank missile, and the distraction allows Tegan Knox to pick up a quick win. Uh, the quicker the Tamina match, the better the Tamina match. Uh, Sonya and uh, Adam Pearce are backstage with Zelina, telling her she won't get her title match tonight because uh, there's no contracts. They didn't get to promote it, yada, yada, because now things like that matter to these two. Uh, she will face Bianca tonight, and if she wins, she can face the winner of SummerSlam, um, whether it be Bianca or Sasha Banks. Uh, We get an Edge promo now on Seth Rollins. Rollins, of course, is not there, but we do get him on the uh, Titantron via satellite. Uh, Edge makes the challenge for SummerSlam, and after some dancing around, um, basically saying he was Edge's little boy, uh, Seth agrees to the match. So we will get Edge versus Seth Rollins in a match that's uh, a few years in the making. Um, Finn Balor's backstage. Uh, He interviews with Kayla. Finn Balor's pissed off. Balor says when he's done with Corbin, he has some words for Cena. Okay. Uh, Oddly enough, no Cena on Raw or SmackDown this week. Uh, He was there. He worked dark matches. I'm not sure why you wouldn't have um, probably the most popular guy on your roster on camera. But, you know, WWE makes some choices sometimes. I'm not there. I'm not a billionaire like Vince McMahon. I don't make these choices. I just question these choices. Uh, We get Bianca versus Selena Vega. Uh, Bianca holding uh, Selena Vega up in a uh, gorilla press uh, while talking shit to Sasha as she walks out was uh, a a very nice visual. Uh, Selena getting some hope from the distraction was nice. Um, You know, I think a uh, Selena-Bianca feud after uh, the whole Sasha thing is over with would be kind of fun. Give uh, Bianca someone a little smaller to toss around and look larger than life. It'd be, uh, you know... It'd be a fun little thing. Also, not that many heels aren't SmackDown, so she has to feud with someone. Um, the kiss of death seals Zelina's fate, and Belair wins. Uh, Sasha Banks was nowhere to be found post-match. Uh, we get a Paul Heyman-Roman Reigns segment. Um, Paul Heyman tells him Balor versus Corbin's up next. Roman says he's interested, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, Finn Balor versus uh, Broke Boy Corbin. Uh, Corbin asks for the mic right off the bat after the bell rings. He's pleading with Balor. Um, Balor just doesn't give a fuck anymore and uh, goes right after Baron Corbin. Uh, Balor Balor wins with uh, what I like to call a gentleman squash. Uh, Balor asks for the mic and says he'll go through Cena to get to Roman. Uh, expecting Cena to come out. Nope, we get Roman. Uh, Roman gets on the uh, the mic. 
He basically tells Balor that he needs to keep his name out of his mouth. Balor pushes Roman out of the ring. Roman's pissed. And then, boom, the Usos hit him with a sneak attack from behind. Um, Balor, you know, pushes Jimmy into the way of Jay as he's going for the splash. And things start evening up as Roman walks uh, up the em- entrance ramp. He looks back, you know, pissed off at his cousins for not being able to ever get the job done. So Roman takes off the track jacket and heads to the ring. And they start to go at it. Usos get back at uh, Balor when his back is turned, and Roman hits him with a Superman punch, followed by an Uso splash, and uh, the show ends with Finn Balor in the guillotine choke. Um, I like that they're selling the feud uh, post-Cena on SmackDown, because we all know, you know, we don't need much selling on Cena versus Roman Reigns. It's just going to be, you know, a classic. But the the Balor, 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 the Balor match... Uh, post Cena should be should be a fun one. Uh, I look forward to it. And that was that was the week in wrestling. Um, next week we're going to be a little longer because we will be adding an hour to the sh- uh, well an hour to me watching uh, Rampage debuts Friday uh, when this podcast comes out. So look forward to that. Um, it's going to be headlined by Britt Baker versus uh, Red Velvet for the AEW Women's Title. That should be fun. And of course, the Impact Title will be on the line with Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. Uh, another match that should be pretty fun. Uh, overall, another good week. Uh, we're about a week away from SummerSlam, which is uh, the build up for that's been pretty decent so far. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys uh, their time off and uh, have a good one, guys.